Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Happy Friday, faithful listeners. I hope that you are having a fantastic week and you have an even more fantastic weekend. Since today is Friday, obviously, the weekend starts tomorrow. And uh, I have a nice, quiet weekend planned for myself. I'm so excited about that. This week has been just really, really busy for me, so it's going to be nice to just have a couple days off for me to do almost nothing except for church on Sunday. So I'm kind of excited about that. I had some family in town this week, so it's just been a a crazy week for sure. But um, anyway, I am Jen, your host with the P40 Ministries podcast. Forgot to mention that earlier. But I have some exciting announcements to mention before we begin. As you might have noticed, I already had two guests guests on the podcast this week. And I have another guest coming on Monday. He is a preacher from Cincinnati, and he is a also a professor at a college, and um, he's a professional podcaster as well. So I'm very excited to have him on the podcast on Monday. So definitely tune in on Monday morning or whenever you wake up <laughs> to uh, take a listen to myself and Pastor Mark Cravens is going to be on the podcast with us as well. Stay tuned for that. But let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 16. As I always do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too little for a lamb, then he and his neighbor next to his house shall take one according to the number of the souls. You shall make your count for the lamb according to what everyone can eat. Your lamb shall be without defect, a male a year old. You shall take it from one of the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at evening. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts on the lintel, on the houses in which they shall eat it. They shall eat the meat in that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread. They shall eat it with bitter herbs. Don't eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted with fire, with its head, its legs, and its inner parts." You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, but that which remains of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. This is how you shall eat it, with your belt on your waist, with your sandals on your feet, and with your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is Yahweh's Passover, for I will go through the land of Egypt in that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and animal. I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be to you for a token on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a memorial for you. You shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh. You shall keep it as a feast throughout your generations by an ordinance forever. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away the yeast out of your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from that first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. In the first day there shall be to you a holy convocation, and in the seventh day a holy convocation. 
No kind of work shall be done in them, except that which every man must eat. Only that may be done by you. God starts out this passage by basically telling Moses and Aaron that this is going to now be the first month of the year for the nation of Israel. And I kind of wondered, like, why would God change stuff up? It was symbolism. God was showing the nation of Israel he was making everything completely new for them. So everything was going to be new. They were going to have a new way of life. They weren't going to be in Egypt anymore. They were going to be taken out of Egypt, delivered. They were no longer going to be slaves. So now everything is going to be new. They're going to have a new month. And this month was going to be the most important month of the year for them. The month with the Passover. So basically God says that now this month is going to be brand new. And I'm going to guess that he said uh, this to Moses and Aaron probably around the first day of this month. And so he says on the 10th day of this month, announce to everybody in Israel that each family is going to get a lamb. Or if the family is too small, they can share with their neighbors, basically the guy next door to them. So in other words, the reason God says that um, he wants people to share if they have a small family is so that nothing is wasted. And many people look at this passage and are like, how could God possibly slaughter all these sheep and allow these people to, you know, to do this? But if you look at it, the way it's done is actually extremely humane. And I'm not just saying that. Just, just, just look at the way this is done. God is telling the people... Firstly, you should get one lamb and don't get a lamb for each family. If your family is small, if you only have three or four or five people in your family, then make sure you share with your neighbors. And then at that point, you're not wasting an animal's life. So God says here that basically the people could eat either a goat or a sheep because those animals were considered clean. We talked about clean animals a long time ago when Noah basically stepped off the ark. God had announced to Noah which animals were safe to eat and which ones were not safe to eat. And so he's saying here that uh, basically that the people need to take a clean animal, which is a goat or a sheep, and it had to be a year-old male, and it had to be without any problems. So it couldn't have a, a problem with its leg or a problem with its horns or anything like that. It had to be a, a nice one-year-old goat without any blemishes. It had to be as perfect as a goat could be or a sheep could be uh, for the people and for God. Now, after this, the people were meant to keep this young lamb and, and, you know, here's the other thing. It wasn't a baby. <laughs> it was a smaller goat or lamb, but it was not a baby. It was a, it was at that point, probably close to a full grown male goat or lamb. And so God says that you were supposed to take the lamb, keep it for four days in your house. So this was almost to become like a pet in a sense. This lamb was supposed to be taken care of and, you know, um, it, it was going to become part of the family, practically. And why would God do that? Well, God did that to have the people mourn over the death of the animal. God was actually really big about people mourning over the death of the animal. If you look all through the law, God didn't want people to just slaughter animals left and right, which is what ended up happening, actually. People, of course, uh, twisted and perverted the law of God. And later on, they were almost like uh, using the animals as a way to just get out of their sins without any remorse, without any care of the animal's life, without anything like that. They didn't care. They were just slaughtering these animals to basically uh, get out of their sins. And God never wanted that. <laughs> if you look at it, yes, there was a lot of sacrifice of animals because that is how the people paid for their sins. From the beginning, the wages of sin was death. 
And so, and, and that is what Paul says. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. But before Jesus, the way the people paid for their sins was through the death of the animal. And it was signifying that the animal was taking the, the place of the person. This was a time to be mourned over the sins that, oh my gosh, my lamb has to die because of me. This was what God was showing the people, that their sins were, were bad, were evil, and their sins were causing the death of this poor little innocent animal. This was all symbolism. And the, of course, later on, the people just don't get it, <laughs> slaughtering animals. And uh, God ends up doing away with sacrificing because it just got so perverted. God says later on that he hated the sacrifices. I can't specifically remember where he says that. I think he actually mentions that a few times throughout some of the prophets later on. And at that point, that is when Jesus has to be sent to become the ultimate sacrifice and animal sacrifice just was done away with because it was just completely wrong at that point. It was not uh, done in the correct way. So God tells the people to make this little lamb their pet for four days. They're supposed to care for this little lamb and make it become part of their family. And then on the fourth day, they are meant to, at that point, kill the lamb and then eat it and not eat it raw. Because, you know, I'm sure people did that back then, not understanding hygiene. God says, don't eat it raw. Don't eat it boiled. Don't boil it in water. Eat it roasted. Put it in the oven. Make the fire. <laughs> like, eat it safely. And so he says, make sure that it's, it's safe to eat. And then at that point, God actually says to the people that they should take the blood of the lamb and put it in a bowl. Like, make sure that everything is in the bowl. Take a bunch of... Um, like hyssop, which is basically a bunch of weeds, <laughs> dip it into the, the basin and then mark the door frames. And actually, this is why I'm, I'm bringing uh, Pastor Mark Cravens on the podcast with me on Monday. We're going to actually talk a little bit more about um, what that blood means and what that blood signified on the doorposts. And we have to also remember that um, the Egyptian people, if they're seeing this, they would have been appalled because they worshiped these animals. So God is also making the Israeli people and the Egyptians that turned to God during all this to step out in faith and not worry about what the Egyptians are thinking. Because if you remember actually a, a while back, Moses said to Pharaoh, what are we going to slaughter animals and the people stone us during that time? So the Egyptian people would not have liked this. God is also making the people step out in faith and, uh, and do this act and show the Egyptian people that, you know, God is greater than their sheep God. The people are to mark their doorposts with the blood. And when the um, God calls him in the W.E.B. version, the destroyer, when the destroyer goes out, so basically the angel of death, goes out and sees the blood on the doorposts, they, that, that uh, angel will pass over those houses, which is why this is called the Passover. You pass over the houses. And so that angel will basically only strike the, the firstborns of the people who did not do this. And we know that some of the Egyptian people did listen to Moses. We know this because the Egyptian people were hearing what was going on when Moses and Aaron were speaking, and many of them did fear God's word. And, and turned away from uh, their own gods, their fake gods, and, and worshipped Yahweh. And so now in a big show of faith, 
the Israeli community was to show that they worshipped God, that they worshipped God. Now, the, the people are meant to eat this lamb. It says quickly, in haste, and also with uh, their belt on their waist and their staff in their hand. Basically, God's saying, pack your bags. You're getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying, make sure you have a packed bag. Make sure that um, you are ready to go. Because as soon as this is done, the Egyptians are going to throw you out. They're going to throw you out. And the people were supposed to eat in haste because they don't know when this is going to happen, when they're going to be uh, thrown out of their houses. And so just God, God's like, don't lollygag. Just get this done with. Make sure your bags are packed. Make sure your shoes are on. And make sure you're ready to get out of your houses because you're going to be gone. You're going to be gone the second that um, the angel of death is has passed. You're going to be out of there because Pharaoh and the Egyptians are going to just throw you out. They're not going to want you there anymore. And not only are they going to throw them out, but they're also going to give them all their jewelry and stuff like that. It's kind of funny. But uh, God says that uh, this observance is going to be called the Lord's Passover because he passed over the houses of the people who loved him, who obeyed him during this entire process. And he says that the blood you have placed on the doorpost will be proof that you obeyed me. That's what he says here in verse 13. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and I will not destroy your firstborn when I smite the land of Egypt. And that is what it says here. And I actually switched over to the Living Bible Translation. I really like this one. Um, this version is actually almost more like a paraphrase. And I do like it for... Uh, context and stuff like that. So God says, celebrate this event every single year as a permanent law to remind you of everything, to remind you of my power, to remind you that you've been delivered. This is going to be a celebration for you. This is going to be a time for you to uh, celebrate this event. And on top of this, the people get to take a couple days off. God says, don't work on the days except to prepare food. He mentions that later on. He says, don't do any work, like make this a, make this a celebration and you're going to perform this for year after year after year and we still perform this to this day passover is very very close to easter when jesus died and uh you know it, it's so interesting just the parallels between the passover lamb and jesus you know it, it's definitely jesus's life was definitely meant to signify the passover lamb for sure in fact jesus declares himself the passover lamb at his passover celebration with his disciples when he says, this is my body broken for you. And I can't give get credit for that one. Actually, when I was, um, once again, going to mention Pastor Mark Cravens, who's going to be on Monday. But when I talked to him today, he mentioned that he thought that was, I thought that was really cool that, that Jesus himself does mention that he is the Passover lamb when he takes that bread and uh, breaks it and says, this is my body, you know, because that's the Passover feast. And Jesus is saying, you know, I am the Passover lamb. So I thought that was pretty cool. So basically, uh, the people were meant to do this and um, celebrate it for, for many, many years through, as a lasting uh, Passover celebration forever. And we still do this. So, I mean, this is still happening to this day, thousands and thousands of years later. Now, right after this, God mentions that the people were also meant to eat unleavened bread. And this is because, I mean, there's so many, uh, there's so many things we could talk about with this. It's just, it's so crazy how deep you could get with just these few verses here in the Bible. But basically God is saying the unleavened bread, you are supposed to bake and eat very quickly. Now, part of this was because, you know, God had told the people, pack your bags, get out, right? But also unleavened bread was so easy to make. It's so easy to make. I actually looked up a recipe for it uh, this past um, Easter because I, I 
thought it would be cool to, to make some. I'd never ended up making it, but <laughs> I always do that. I, I look up stuff I'm going to do and never end up doing it. But anyway, I looked up a recipe for um, basically the, the matzah bread, the, the, um, the cracker type stuff. It is so stinking easy to make. You just like roll the dough out. You put some salt in it. You put some oil and water and then you bake it for like two minutes. That's literally the entire recipe. And oh my gosh, it's so simple to make. And it's really, really good, actually. I really like that that uh those little crackers they're they're kind of delicious especially with some salt mm, very good so <laughs> god tells the people to um to do this because it's very fast it's very easy to make and you can make it in large quantities as well and uh, it, it it bakes in like five minutes right you, you just flip it over and you bake it for another two minutes it's done so stinking quickly and then you have a bunch for your entire family and so god says to take it with them on their journey as well so they're supposed to eat it for 10 days now another thing that's kind of cool about this is the the leaven is actually yeast right so no yeast in the bread and i've actually made bread before uh with yeast in it of course and oh my gosh it takes hours it takes so freaking long to make this bread that sometimes I'm like, it's not even worth it. I'm just going to go buy bread from the store. But you have to you have to rise it and then you have to do something else and then you have to rise it again. And, and it takes like four hours to make just one stupid loaf of bread. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit. And I don't have a bread maker. So, of course, I, I just put it in the oven and stuff. But I don't know. It's just, you know, it takes a long time to make the bread. But sorry, I was going to signify something else. But also, yeast goes bad after a while. It goes actually kind of bad. It's it's sort of like a um, a oh I, f- I forget the name of it, but it's something that actually can go bad and make you really sick, if you um, if you eat it after its expiration date. So once a year, God tells the people get rid of all that yeast. You know, get rid of it because it's no longer going to be good. So it's also a health benefit that God's telling the people to get rid of all the yeast. Because, uh, you know, people shouldn't be eating it past the expiration date. And, you know, back then they wouldn't have known that because they didn't have the same uh, health understanding that we have nowadays. So God's telling the people, get rid of the yeast. Make sure you guys don't get sick for the rest of the year. And also the yeast signified uh, sin, you know, because Jesus talks about yeast in some of his parables as well. And the yeast signifies the sin. And so to get rid of all of the yeast the people, it's signifying that the people are going to be without sin or be at least forgiven from their sins, not be without sin, but be forgiven from their sins, get rid of the sin. And that's what Passover ends up signifying later on is that God forgives the entire nation of Israel and cleanses them of their sin. That is basically the entire uh, point of Passover later on is the cleansing of sin. And that's why Jesus ends up dying on the Passover day, pretty much. He, He ends up dying on Passover because Jesus was cleansing the entire nation, not just Israel at that point, but all of the world from their sins. He was completely getting rid of it by placing the sins on his shoulders. And it's just so fascinating, the symbolism with everything. I could get into this for for so long. But the one last thing uh, God mentions here is that anyone who disobeys the rule about the eating the leaven was meant to be excommunicated, basically was meant to be uh, cut off from the congregation of Israel. And that didn't just include Israeli people, but that also include uh, foreigners who decided to follow the law because God loves the entire world. And he always wanted anybody, whether they were Gentiles or Jewish people, that he wanted them 
to follow him, which is what he's doing here in Egypt in the first place. But uh, one way or the other, uh, God is telling the people, even if there's a foreigner or even if there's um, a Jewish person that chooses to disobey this rule and eat something with leaven in it at that point is meant to be excommunicated because firstly they're disobeying something that is very important to God. This entire Passover celebration, very, very important to God. This Passover celebration is meant to, to show God's power and meant to be a symbol to all the people of the world about God's power, especially here in ancient Egypt when these people are being delivered because of God's power. It probably wasn't just Egypt looking at all this stuff. I mean, think about the other uh, nations that were probably hearing about these crazy things that were happening. And we know people were hearing about it because um, the Canaanites were nearby, the Hittites were nearby. These people probably were hearing about all these ridiculous things going on in Egypt. And so the people are meant to obey God. The followers of uh, God are meant to obey God because they are showing the nations around the world what it means to be a follower of God. But friends, this is a really um, in-depth topic, and it's just, it's really interesting when you really look at the the bones of it and what God was doing here with um, letting the people have days off each year and, you know, making, and the other thing about it was God is a God of fun. <laughs> He's taking the nation of Israel out of Egypt, making those who were once slaves allowed to have days off. How fun is that per year? And then we also see other festivals much later on that we'll talk about that God ends up giving to the people. And they were also supposed to take days off for those as well and not do any work and celebrate, you know? And yes, the Passover was meant to be more of a somber celebration than some of the other ones, but God still, he's He's not like the Egyptians. When you when they were slaves in Egypt, they couldn't even have a day off. They couldn't even have three days off to go into the wilderness to worship God. And now immediately God is giving them days off. <laughs> immediately God is giving these people days off. So would these people rather stay in Egypt and be slaves to a horrible Pharaoh that won't even let them have days off and, and put them to intense work lab labor? Or would they rather follow God who gives them days off, who is merciful to them, who provides for them, who does this and that and everything else, who gives them food, who gives them uh, health regulations that they won't get sick. And you know, people think that God is so mean and so this and so that, but look at what the Hebrews were coming from. They were coming of, from a, a land of complete and total slavery that didn't even let them have three days off to go into the wilderness, three days. It's just, it's just very interesting to me, but um, <laughs> I could, I could ramble about this forever and we are way over time. So I am going to stop while I'm ahead and uh, we will talk more about this on Monday. So join me then at 6am is when I air the podcast episode, but obviously you can listen in at any time that you want to. But friends and faithful listeners, if you haven't taken a look at the Out of the Mire uh, devotional that I just wrote, please do so. Um, it, it is available on Amazon Prime and I would love for you guys to take a look at it. It is great for women who are going through through depression, who are going through hopelessness, uh, purposelessness, anything like that, this is a great devotional to do. And you can do it alone 
or you can do it with your church. If you want to uh, start a study group at your church, this is a great one to consider for women who are struggling. And so if you haven't taken a look at that, please do. I'm going to drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode so you can uh, see if that is something that interests you. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much once again for tuning in this morning. If you loved this podcast episode, please rate it five stars. Please write a review and uh, make sure that um, you subscribe. But guys, I got nothing else to say except happy listening and happy Friday (laughs) and God bless. Thank you.